0: Don't worry, be warranty. It's Sarah Moriarty, and we have a special episode for you today from my original podcast, My Life of Crime. I'm taking you inside true crime investigations like no one else, taking on killers and those accused of crimes. Here's an all-new episode of My Life of Crime that takes you deeper into what does the other woman know? The disappearance of Jennifer Dulos. Follow along as I go beyond the scene of each crime, behind prison walls, and into the killer's inner thoughts. It's all on this season of My Life of Crime. You don't have a body. No body. No weapon. No weapon. No eyewitnesses. No eyewitnesses. What happened to 52-year-old Jennifer Dulos? More than three years ago, the Connecticut mother just disappeared, leaving behind her five young children whose ages range from just eight years old to 13. If she's dead, where's her body? If she's alive, where did she go and why did she go? And how does a woman vanish in the age of cell phones and surveillance cameras? I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and this is my life of crime. There are certain mysteries that seem to capture our attention and just never let go. That's definitely the case of Jennifer Dulos. She was smart, striking in looks, and a devoted mom. And then, she suddenly vanished.
1: I loved the bedtime routines, the rituals, the saying good nights, the books read the hugs and kisses given, the songs sung. Jennifer Dulo seemed to live for her children and would often blog about motherhood. I just wanted to freeze the moment, snap a picture, take them all in. They grow too fast. The best part of my night now, hands down, is when I give our baby a bath and then her bottle in my arms.
0: Today, Jennifer
1: Dulos is no longer
0: able to write about her children. She disappeared on the Friday of the Memorial Day weekend, May 24th, 2019. The voice you're hearing belongs to Carrie Luft, a close friend who says that on that Friday, everyone knew immediately that Jennifer was in trouble because she would never just stop and leave her children. And what was going through your mind?
1: Just terror. You know, terror, fear, helplessness. Jennifer loved her children just beyond compare. She had this wonderful young and growing family. Her existence was mostly about the kids.
0: But after Jennifer dropped off her children at school that Friday morning in May, no one heard from her again. Now, generally, police wait 24 to 48 hours to begin an investigation of a missing adult. But in this case, Jennifer's disappearance immediately set off alarms. After all, this is New Canaan, Connecticut. Think big homes, big money. By 7 p.m. on the night Jennifer disappeared, there were cops out looking for her. They found her SUV about three and a half miles from her home.
2: The tailgate was was backed up against this tree. The Suburban was not running. Keys were not in the ignition. The gear lever was actually stuck in reverse. Uh, the doors were locked. On the passenger side of her Suburban at the time, you could see the cleanup of the blood-like substance all over
0: the passenger side under her flashlights. That's Sergeant Ken Ventresca. At the time, he was with the Connecticut State Police and was one of the lead investigators. Everyone knew that things weren't looking good.
3: Police are
2: not sharing much information as they search, but sources confirm they're finding no activity from the missing woman's cell phone or credit cards.
0: Jennifer's car had been found on the edge of Waveney Park. So initially, investigators wondered if she had just gone for a jog there. So a search at the park began. All of Jennifer's friends, neighbors, even strangers joined in. Now retired new Canaan police chief, Leon Krolikowski. And how would you describe the initial search for her? It was
4: enormous. I mean, literally from uh, other police departments sending their canines to search, to FBI team coming in search for evidence, to New York State Police helicopter, to divers checking the water within the park, and it's 300 acres, it's pretty comprehensive. It's, uh,
0: it was person. a massive search, maybe even the largest in Connecticut history. Sergeant Ventrusca again.
2: New Canaan, the police department called right away as soon as they located her vehicle down here. We did extensive line searches through these woods, through the whole park. You know, it wasn't looking good, and you know, we were, we were fighting the clock. You know, then obviously you learned that she's going through a contentious divorce.
0: Just hours into the investigation, police started wondering why one person close to Jennifer wasn't around to help. Jennifer's husband, her estranged husband, Fotis Doulos. Did he help at all in the search? No, no. Did he seem concerned about his wife as time went on?
2: No, never seemed concerned about his wife.
0: Fotis Doulos. He had once been the love of Jennifer's life. Born in Turkey and raised in Greece, Fotis was truly movie star handsome. He was athletic, daring. She had met him in 1986 when they were both attending college at Brown University. Just friends initially. Sparks flew after she ran into him by chance at an airport years later. Fotis was extroverted and fun, Jennifer, introspective and intellectual.
1: You know, Jennifer very much wanted to have a loving relationship and to start a family. And he seemed to want the same things.
0: What did she like about him? Eventually love about him?
1: Well, you know, he was a really, a very charismatic and charming person. He was very handsome. He was smart and funny. They married in 2004 and settled in
0: another upscale Connecticut neighborhood, Farmington, right outside of Hartford. Again, think big homes. And Fotis Doulos was a real estate developer building a lot of those big homes. To do so, he had to borrow money from Jennifer's dad, a Wall Street financier. Fotos was ambitious, not just for himself, but for his children a championship water skier, Fotis wanted the same
1: thing for his kids. This is again, Carrie Luft. They would compete internationally, uh, you know, even as you know, six or seven year olds. So they were incredibly good, but that was also because they trained incredibly hard. Maybe too hard. Jennifer
0: thought Photos was pushing their children too far and later said their mental
1: and physical health was suffering as a result. She often served as a buffer or a shield. Did he have a temper? He could be volatile, yes. Even with the kids? Sure.
0: It caused a serious rift in the marriage, says Jennifer's friends, and the couple who seemed to have it all, looks, money, children began living separate lives. Adding to the problem, Fotis was often away as many as 10 days every month, chasing the latest water skiing competition. And on one of those trips, he met Michelle Traconis and began an affair. Michelle Traconis was Fotis' type. She was athletic, rode horses, reported on snow skiing events for ESPN in South America, and maybe most important, she shared Fotis' love of water skiing. What's more, she even looked a little like Jennifer. But for Jennifer, the affair was the last straw. Was that an event that she just realized, okay, there's no going back?
1: I think learning about the infidelity was horrible. Um, You know, that that was a deal
0: breaker for her in 2017 jennifer took the five children moved out of the family home in farmington connecticut and filed for divorce she settled into a rented home about an hour and a half away in new canaan meanwhile michelle draconis took jennifer's place she moved into the same farmington home with her young daughter Michelle would later say she regretted that move especially after Jennifer disappeared and people began to wonder was Michelle involved with Jennifer's disappearance.
4: Jennifer Dulos vanished May 24th
0: leaving behind five
4: young children.
0: A sense of safety is important to everyone and that's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. It's an advanced security system 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Don't wait. Visit simplysafe.com/48hours. That's simplysafe.com/48hours. There's no safe like Simply Safe. If
5: you're a fan of 48 Hours or true crime, looking to try on a case of your own, June's journey is for you a thrilling hidden object mystery game set against the backdrop of the 1920s. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective trying to unravel your sister's mysterious murder. As you dive into a world filled with twists and turns, trust no one. Every character could be hiding secrets. While you piece together the intricately woven plot, you'll collect crucial information in your photo album, turning suspicions into facts. And if you want help on the case, you can even join a detective club to collaborate or compete with fellow sleuths on hundreds of puzzles. Discover your inner detective when you download June's
0: Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Michelle Draconis was the other woman, and her relationship with Fotis, what she knew or saw or suspected landed her smack in the middle of the investigation. No one believed that Jennifer had left on her own, especially after new Canaan cops had gone to Jennifer's house and found something very disturbing. When they go to the house, they go in the garage, they notice blood-like substance, blood spatter throughout the garage. Detective John Kimball of the state's major crime squad was there.
4: In addition to blood evidence in the garage's uh, there was evidence that someone had attempted to clean up blood. There were what appeared to be swirl marks on the sides of the vehicles.
0: That meant that Jennifer likely encountered an assailant in her own garage. And it was probably someone she knew. Someone who needed to hide the evidence. Sergeant Ken Ventresca. A
2: serious violent assault occurred in that garage. I mean, there's definitely some sort of uh, foul play involved.
0: That's when Richard Colangelo became involved. He was Connecticut's chief state's attorney. Initially, when it started, it was a it. A who it without a body or proof that Jennifer was even dead. Still, investigators believe Fotis Dulos had something to do with his wife's disappearance, especially since it appeared that Fotis Dulos might benefit with his wife out of the way.
4: I don't think Fotis liked to lose in any aspect of his life, and I don't think that he liked to be losing in court at the hands of his wife.
0: The divorce proceedings, which had gone on and on, had cost Botas Dulos thousands of dollars in lawyers' fees and court costs. And remember, he had borrowed money from Jennifer's dad, and now his business was floundering. And he had lost shared physical custody of his kids after defying a court order. Carrie Luft again.
1: What did he do? Or didn't do. He didn't comply with the court order that Michelle not be part of the children's lives. The day
0: after Jennifer disappeared, Fotis went to the new Canaan police station with his civil attorney. He wasn't very cooperative. Did he agree to sit down and talk?
2: No. And his lawyer was already on the phone with a criminal defense attorney um, at the time, in the parking lot.
0: What does that say to you?
2: To me, it was alarming because... The mother of your five children are missing, and you're worried about is calling
0: attorneys. But Fotis Dulos did help investigators probably more than he intended, says Richard Colangelo.
6: The detective that was there said, is that your phone? Yeah, can I see it? He gave it to him. He asked him for the password. He told him the password.
0: Photos demanded his phone back, but it was too late. Investigators got a search warrant, and they were able to retrieve the data.
6: And then from there, we were off and running.
0: FOTUS' cell phone data indicated that on that Friday night around 7 p.m., at about the same time Jennifer was reported missing, FOTUS had been on Albany Avenue in Hartford, Connecticut. Investigators jumped into action and obtained all the videos they could that had been captured on nearby surveillance cameras. When police officer Thomas Patton began searching through the videos, he saw a man who looked a lot like Fotos Dulos. What are you seeing?
4: Well, as he was driving around, he he was depositing black garbage bags in various receptacles. Obviously, it was intent on spreading out the garbage bags.
0: And is he alone? No,
4: in, in one of those pictures, you can see a female that's leaning
0: outside of the passenger side of the truck. That female? You guessed it. She looked a lot like Michelle Draconis, doing what looked really suspicious to investigators.
4: My first thought was, what are they doing? Why are they dumping trash in Hartford?
0: A team of detectives began digging through the trash in downtown Hartford. Detective John Kimball described some of the evidence found.
4: Well, some of the things retrieved from the Albany Avenue garbage were um, used zip ties with uh, human blood, and DNA of Jennifer Dulos on them, um, female undergarments, a Vineyard Vine shirt in the size that Jennifer wore. There were two ponchos which contained copious amounts of blood in the DNA of Jennifer Dulos.
2: It's not every day someone throws up bloody evidence, bloody clothing, you know, cut up. I mean, who does that? We shifted gears and we, we turned this into the homicide investigation.
0: And so on June 1st, 2018, just eight days after Jennifer Dulos vanished, both her estranged husband and his girlfriend, Michelle Traconis, were arrested. The charges? Tampering with or fabricating physical evidence and first-degree hindering prosecution. Sergeant Ventresca explains why Fotis wasn't charged with murder. We weren't fully convinced he did the murder yet, but we, he was involved in some way, shape, or form. Not only is there still no body, investigators didn't even have enough evidence to prove that Fotos Dulos was even in New Canaan when his wife disappeared. At the time that Jennifer Dulos disappeared from her house, her husband yep. was at home, yes. according to his phone.
2: According to his phone,
0: yes and that house in Farmington was an hour and a half away. What's more, Michelle had given Fotis an alibi. She said that Fotis had been with her that morning in the house, and the data on his phone seemed to support that. After the arrest, both Fotis and Michelle were released, each on a $500,000 bond, ordered to wear ankle bracelets and to stay away from each other. But the arrest didn't bring detectives any closer to solving the mystery. Where was Jennifer Dulos?
1: Man, that sunset is gorgeous.
0: Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in.
3: Oh, burger time.
0: So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you.
3: I could stay here forever.
0: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download
3: the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
4: Here is our message to the state of Connecticut. Mr. Dulos is not guilty. We are ready for the court. There's the courthouse. If you want to try the case, bring it on.
0: Okay. That's attorney Norm Pattis. When he was hired to defend Fotis Dulos, he went on the offensive, pointing out that no one could even prove Jennifer had been murdered or that she was even dead.
4: There is no body that we're aware of, and I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. We take the position there's insufficient evidence to conclude that she's even dead.
0: Pattis raised the possibility that Jennifer might have killed herself
4: we are actively contemplating a revenge-suicide hypothesis as an explanation for her disappearance.
0: And Pattis even suggested that Jennifer had tried to set up her husband, that she had borrowed from the plot of the book and movie Gone Girl and was trying to frame her husband for murder. That all made for great press conferences. But as Richard Colangelo later said to me,
6: when Attorney Pattis raised it and talked about it, I, I begged him to do it in front of a jury. You could drive a bus through all the holes in that theory or that, that, that argument, so.
0: But Pattis was right about one thing. Proving photos killed his missing wife without a body and more evidence wasn't going to be easy.
6: We tried to leverage everything we could, and we didn't leave any stone unturned.
0: What do investigators know about Jennifer's disappearance on May 24th? It's all detailed in their arrest warrants and begins with surveillance videos that show a red Tacoma truck in the pre-dawn hours of Friday, May 24th, driving down a Connecticut highway to New Canaan. The truck belonged to one of FOTUS's employees. You can't quite see the driver, but investigators believe Fotis was behind the wheel. We crunched
2: about 12 hours of video surveillance on the Merritt Parkway, where we eventually located a red Toyota Tacoma pickup truck matching the workers' Toyota Tacoma driving southbound.
0: Investigators believe that Fotis left his phone at home to appear as if he never left. But in fact, they believe he's actually behind the wheel of that red Toyota Tacoma. At 7.57 a.m., that same Tacoma was caught on video by a passing school bus. It's now in New Canaan, and it is parked on a country road near Waveney Park. Investigators believe that Fotis had brought a bicycle in the truck and then biked the last three miles to Jennifer's house. He came over in the back road over there.
2: He waited for her to drop the kids off at school. She came home in the morning. She enters the garage. That's where the uh, violent assault occurred in the house. What proof
0: do they have that Fotis was the assailant? Well, Ventresca says that Fotis's DNA was found on the doorknob of the mudroom, and a mixture of Fotis's and Jennifer's DNA was detected on a faucet.
2: Fotis Dulos' DNA being in that house is highly suspicious in nature. It shouldn't be in the house.
0: And that's why Sergeant Ken Ventresca believes that Fotis tried cleaning up before putting Jennifer's dead or unconscious body in the back of her own car, a suburban SUV, and then drove it to Waveney Park, where he had left the red Tacoma.
2: And then her vehicle was left about three and a half miles away down on Lapham Road near Waveney Park.
0: Did Fotis leave her body somewhere in the park? Well, if he did, investigators didn't find her. We searched all this whole area. Investigators believe that Fotis spent close to an hour carefully transferring incriminating materials from the Suburban to the Tacoma.
4: If he had things to move, like a lot of bloody clothing, he had to do so carefully, and he had to wait for breaks in traffic. Could have taken 40 minutes.
1: So
0: what exactly happened to Jennifer? Was she killed by her assailant at her home? If not, then when? investigators simply don't know. What they do know is that the red Tacoma returned to Fotus's house in Farmington at 12.22 p.m. Michelle Tracona said that she had lunch at home with Fotis around 1 p.m. Fotus's cell phone data had placed him at Michelle's house that morning, and Michelle had told police that Fotis was with her that morning, except he wasn't. Michelle later admitted what investigators suspected, that she had lied about spending the morning with Fotis. Now, investigators began to focus on that other woman. Was Michelle Draconis involved in Jennifer's disappearance? Did she know where Fotis had been that morning and what he had been up to? Her attorney says no. Here's John Schoenhorn. I
3: have seen no evidence that Michelle knew anything about what Fotis Doulas had done during the day other than the time that they had lunch together. But what about after lunch? The two of them,
0: Michelle says, spent the time cleaning the property because Fotis was getting the Farmington house ready to show a client for sale. At least that's what she told investigators. But they think Fotis was hiding evidence of murder.
2: I think that the evidence that was found in Harford was being bagged up.
0: And the following Wednesday, both Fotis and Michelle took that red Tacoma truck for a thorough cleaning at the car wash.
2: For a 20-year-old Toyota work truck, it was immaculate. You can eat off the floorboards in this truck. That's how clean it was by the time we got it.
0: But Sergeant Ventresca says it wasn't quite clean enough.
2: On the passenger seat, there was a blood-like stain on the fabric of the seat, which was cut out, tested at the lab, and it came back to Jennifer Dulos' DNA blood. And that was
0: paramount for this investigation. Video of that Tacoma truck near Waveney Park, Photos' DNA, and Jennifer's blood found at Jennifer's home, Jennifer's abandoned SUV, video of photos of Michelle allegedly dumping evidence the car wash and Jennifer's blood stain on the passenger seat of the truck and that fake alibi for investigators the story seemed to be coming together and yet there was still a lot of evidence missing there is still no body or a murder weapon in early January 2020, Fotis Doulos, already facing charges of tampering, was charged with Jennifer's murder. Michelle was charged with conspiracy to commit murder. But Fotos would never go on trial. Later that same month, Fotos Doulos was ordered to court for an emergency hearing on whether to revoke his bond.
7: Called him and called him and called him.
0: That's Kevin Smith, one of fotus's attorneys. When Fotis failed to show up at court, Smith, alarmed, alerted authorities. When emergency responders got to his home, they found Fotis in his garage. He was on the front seat of his suburban, surrounded with pictures of his five children, and nearly dead from carbon monoxide poisoning. Fotis was airlifted to the hospital, but it was too late.
6: He is in critical condition after a
0: suicide attempt at his home. Two days later, Fotis's attorneys held a press conference. Fotis Doulis was declared dead tonight at 5.32. That evening as Norm Pattis went to Fotis's home he said his client had been driven to take his life and blame the press that he said had unfairly hounded his client.
4: I'm angry. I'm hurt. I'm determined. I'm sad. You know, Mr. Dulois was tried and convicted in the court of public opinion uh-huh. and ultimately, in our view, executed in that court.
0: In a note he left, Fotis wrote, quote, I refused to spend even an hour more in jail for something I had nothing to do with. But Detective Kimball says he thinks Fotis just didn't want to go to prison.
4: To me, the suicide of Fotis Doulos was, in essence, a demission of guilt and his, his involvement in his wife's murder. Because Fotis committed suicide before he went to trial, he will never be convicted of his wife's murder. It's frustrating that he didn't see justice
0: And will we ever know what happened to Jennifer? That's still up in the air. Fotis Dulos may have escaped prosecution, but what about the other woman, Michelle Draconis? Where does that leave Michelle Draconis?
3: Well, um, I think the right expression here is she's left holding the bag.
0: Everyone wants to find Jennifer Dulos, so it makes sense to look at the other woman who had taken her place. But what does Michelle know? We know she spent the afternoon with Fotis on the day Jennifer disappeared. And if you remember, she is seen on that surveillance video with him in Hartford that night as he drops off bags into trash cans. But Michelle's attorney told me that she's a victim too.
3: Fotis Doulos lied to Michelle. It appears that he did on more than one occasion, which, in my view, casts suspicion on him.
0: John Schoenhorn claims that Fotis continually lied to Michelle about his actions and that he never told her what he was doing in Hartford. And you're saying she had no idea what was in
3: those bags that Fotis was getting rid of? She not only did not know what was in those bags, she had no idea what he was actually doing. He'd invited her to go out to Starbucks, but he claimed he had to just take care of a few items. Practically the entire time he's driving in Hartford, she's on either WhatsApp, texting, or making phone calls during that whole time.
0: Schoenhorn also says that Michelle did something Fotis wouldn't do. She sat down and talked with cops. This is a portion of that interrogation. We
4: think you have information. I'm
6: going to
1: help you, but I can want the whole world with you if you want.
7: I can do whatever you want, but I didn't do it. I have no idea what happened to Jennifer. I have no idea where Jennifer is.
3: So if you know
2: stuff that you're not telling us, no, I don't that's know. the man you're protecting because that's some sick I'm not
7: sick protecting him. him. I'm not protecting him. Okay. i
0: and keep in mind, when she was arrested back in 2019, Michelle was ordered to stay away from FOTUS, and she did stay away. What's more, when FOTUS died, he was dating yet another woman. So why would Michelle continue to protect FOTUS? Still, none of these facts have convinced the state of Connecticut to drop charges against Traconis she could still go on trial for conspiracy to murder a woman whose body
3: has never been found. But they've spent millions of dollars of taxpayer money. So here they are, they got to show something for their effort at this point. Another friend of Fotis's, his sometime attorney, Kent Mawini,
0: has also been charged with conspiracy to commit murder. But there are no trial dates for either yet. Both have pleaded not guilty and are out on bail. Former Connecticut Chief State's Attorney Richard Colangelo. If either one of them came up with information that led to finding Jennifer, would there be a deal for them? Uh,
6: Believe it or not, I'm a very open-minded person, so I'm not going to close the door on anything.
0: I will take that as a yes. That's how much you would like to know where Jennifer is. Absolutely. The fourth anniversary of Jennifer's disappearance is coming soon. Sergeant Kenneth Ventresca, who is now retired from the Connecticut State Police, says investigators have not given up the search or
2: hope. I'm confident we are going to find her body and we're not going to stop. I know you think about the kids
0: and then now the five children don't have a mom or a dad. But the sad truth is the mystery may never be solved. No one who knew Jennifer Doulos believes she's still alive. But then, where is she? Investigators have searched all the properties once owned by Fotis Doulos. They have threatened his former girlfriend and lawyer with jail time. And to date, have come up with nothing. Fotis Doulos may have committed the perfect crime, but he didn't get away with it. When he took his life... He avoided a trial, but not the guilt. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and this is my life of crime. This podcast series is produced by 48 Hours in partnership with CBS News Radio. Judy Tigard is 48 Hours executive producer. Jonathan Clark is CBS News Radio executive producer. Production and editing for this season of My Life of Crime by Alan Pang. This episode was also produced by Liza Finley, Elena DiFiore, and Richard Fetzer of 48 Hours. Craig Swagler is Vice President and General Manager of CBS News Radio. And finally, a thank you to all of you, our listeners. We owe it all to you, the millions of 48 Hours fans. Don't forget to join me online. I'm at EF Moriarty on Twitter, and we're at 48 Hours on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
3: See you soon. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's the case, then I've got some good news. Go follow Mr. Ballins Medical Mysteries wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're a Prime member, you can listen early and ad-free on Amazon
7: Music. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Billy Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
3: The Hargan women seemed to have it
7: all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing.
3: But detectives would soon discover...
4: Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to
3: believe if it wasn't true.